0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. As a follow-up to uh, to what Rinpoche said, and then maybe we can uh, open it up for um, a little bit of uh, dialogue. <coughs> Mm-hmm. So um, this theme of um, seeing your uh, original face uh, held in this spirit of how amazing, uh, it is amazing how it's right here, and yet it's so elusive, um, and I wanted to share with you um, a favorite Tibetan uh, teaching about just this amazing uh, predicament or sleight of hand. This is from uh, the Flight of the Garuda. Starts out. Each of these songs start out, "Emaho, Emaho." Listen carefully. Fortunate children of my heart. Right away there's a a quality of, you know, as Jesus said, except ye be converted as children, you won't know the kingdom of heaven. So we're we're coming down to that kind of innocence and, and purity. Listen carefully. Fortunate children of my heart. In both samsara and nirvana, The renown of the enlightened state is widely heard like thunder throughout the sky. As this always remains within minds of the beings of the six realms, how amazing that one is never separate from it for even an instant. Not knowing that the state is within oneself, how amazing that one searches for it elsewhere. Although it is clearly manifest like the radiant disk of the sun, how amazing that so few see it. Having no father or mother, one's own mind is the true Buddha. How amazing that it knows neither birth nor death. No matter how much happiness and sorrow that is experienced, how amazing that it is neither impaired nor improved, even in the slightest. How amazing that, without being fabricated, this mind, which is unborn and primordially pure, is spontaneously present from the beginning. This self-awareness is naturally free from the very first, How amazing that it is liberated by just resting at ease in whatever happens. And I'll read one more song. Emaho. Now listen once again, fortunate and noble children of my heart. No matter which spiritual practice you may perform, it can't reach the crucial point unless you resolve your mind. It would be like standing directly in front of a target and shooting your arrows far away. It would be like letting a thief stay inside your house while frantically searching for him outside of it. It would be like having a demon at the eastern door and placing the ghost trap at the western entrance. It would be like a beggar who does not know that a stone fireplace, a stone in the fireplace is made of gold, and goes around begging alms from others. For this reason, examine your mind to its root in this way, fortunate heart children. This so-called mind thinks and knows this and that and moves to and fro. If you pursue it, it isn't caught, but vanishes, elusive as mist. If you try to settle it, It won't stay, but rather moves here and there, and then disperses. You cannot pin it down and say, that's my mind. It is insubstantial emptiness. First examine the source of your mind, this source of happiness and sorrow. Where does it come from? Does it come from external phenomena, like mountains, rocks, water? and trees or the wind from the sky from something solid or something immaterial? Where can you find its source? I'll stop there. So here's this paradox that what we're looking for is is right inside and our searching for it in the wrong places Um, we'll never find what we're looking for. But as soon as we settle and rest and deeply examine our true nature, it's here, waiting to be discovered all along. And the key to that As Rinpoche said, uh, one element, one key um, uh, prerequisite is this longing. And just thinking about it, that somehow everybody in this room, there's something that's been calling you your whole life stronger than all your doubts, and fears, and confusions, and self-judgments, and pettiness, and all the places that you go, something has been calling you to um, wake up and see the truth. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here today. So that's one key element, is really hearing. It's such grace to hear that call, that says, where is real happiness, where is, the, where is the deep freedom that I so yearn for? And then the other key element, which is the, uh, the title of our, the theme for our day, is the awareness itself, the magic of awareness that reveals it all. You don't have to figure anything out. You don't have to contrive or manipulate or create some experience that will take you to nirvana or nirvana. Just using the awareness, which is your natural state, your natural... Your true nature—that—that—it's like it's finding itself. If you simply um, know how to use it, know how how what you've been given, and and let it guide you home. And the uh, amazing thing, the emaho, with that is. Um, it's here all the time and you can't turn it off even if you try as you're, as I'm speaking now see if you can not be aware of my words (laughs) try hard (laughs) no awareness now see if you can look up here at the stage and not see these two people in front of you. You can't if your consciousness, your eye consciousness and your organs are are working properly. You can't. The awareness works whether you want it to or not. Mm. Close your eyes just for a moment. And notice what's here. And now try to not be aware, try to turn your awareness off. Can you stop being aware? The awareness is happening all by itself. If you like you can open your eyes. You can't turn it off. It's just a matter of understanding where to look <clears throat> and to not get lost in our stories of what freedom is or what it means to be a spiritual person or how I can never attain anything, I don't sit very still, or not a good meditator. All of those stories just get in the way of what's right here. That this awareness itself that you can't turn off is your true nature as well. So you don't have to manufacture it, it's just kind of discovering itself. How amazing that is! If you stop trying, hmm. there's a a line in the Third Zen Patriarch. It says, "Stop, stop talking and thinking, and there's nothing you'll not be able to know." <laughs> so it's a matter of not trying and just. Um, Letting, letting yourself really use this awareness to just go deeply inside and see what is reality mm. beyond my own fabrications of mind. And then here we are just resting in the magic of this moment. So I think I'll just I'll stop here for now, and we can take some time um, for some comments or some uh, uh, dialogue for a little while for, for or myself, and we'll we'll take a take maybe about ten minutes or so, ten ten or fifteen minutes. We'll see how it goes, and then we'll. Uh, we'll go for a little bit of a walking practice with this quality. So any um, anyone that feels like raising their hand?
1: Hello I'm Clara. I
0: put it right near your lips. yeah, yeah that's I'm good.
1: Clara. Um, I do have a question. When we meditated, you said that I shouldn't be disturbed by uh, things that my mind creates. But I was mostly disturbed by things that my body creates. So is that mind as well? (laughs) Because it seems quite real.
0: (laughs) It it is real. uh, And uh, it's not a matter of... um, not being, not acknowledging it. The, the word disturb is perhaps something to uh, uh, to flesh out. One can acknowledge and acknowledge the unpleasantness of it. And even if you need to take care of your body in whatever way. But the disturbance might be extra, which comes with, I wish this wasn't happening. How do I get rid of this? Uh, there's There's something wrong here, which might in another way just be, this is what's happening. How can I relate to this experience, to my body that's trying to do the best it can with a kind awareness instead of anger or frustration? How can I um, hold my frustration, if it's there, with kindness and patience? How can I relate to my experience in in a way that keeps my heart open and appreciating this moment, even if it's an unpleasant one, and taking care of myself as I need to? Thank you. I'm wondering about the conditioned and the unconditioned. How how sometimes both seem to be present, and um, I'm I'm going through a lot of emotional pain right now, and. A part of me wants to go off into some emptiness, and so the, how, th- how they interact, the, the meeting of them, uh, the meeting of the conditioned and the unconditioned, and, and should one embrace both or
1: um, not leave? When should one not leave?
0: Okay, so um, yeah, I think you you have a sense of embracing both is 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 the key, um, and you can not leave if there's a, a place that can hold it with kindness and compassion, or you can turn yourself turn your attention elsewhere if that's not possible but the key is from the unconditioned or from that wider reality where you're not so enmeshed in the in your reactions to your experience that you can hold it just like Tara or Avalokiteshvara can hold it all it's not just that they have love or compassion for the good stuff. It's it's embracing it all, and the more you can touch that wider perspective, just like a, a mother would would hold a, a, a child with either a tantrum or a, or or a, a, a boo boo, uh, saying it's okay, dear, I can hold you. That that wider perspective allows you to be with it all and when you can't be with it all then honor that and know I need some I need a break now I need some space and when you can touch that wider perspective when when the the emotions aren't sweeping up the more you tap into that the more it becomes the the frame of reference that can can hold it all so you just take it a little at a time in manageable doses, what I sometimes call titrating our dukkha. You know, just just uh, a little at a time, so you get more and more a sense of how you can, how you can hold the hardest, uh, the hardest stuff. That's what I would say.
1: Uh, Thank you, you know, for the teachings, both of you, and hello, James. (laughs) Um, Can you hear me? A little bit closer. Okay, there we go. Thank you for your teachings, and hi, James. (laughs) Um, You know, it's wonderful to feel the awareness in meditation, slowly guided, here we are, and that longing, and and it just rose in me, in me arose the question of, I don't get to do this all the time. You know, I have a job and I have a partner and and weeds in my garden. So for me, it's like, it's great, it's great here. And it's a great reminder, but I'm looking for help, teachings, and like how to carry that. Like sometimes my attention is is diverted or it's on the things of the world, like driving or my clients, whatever. So I'm, I'm curious how we leave here and go into the real world. Sorry, that's a...
0: <laughs> the unreal world. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> do you want? Please go ahead. You take care of those answers. You do such a big job, please. I want to keep on hearing what he has to say. Yeah, it is a challenge, isn't it? Uh-huh. I've I've noticed too you know, every now and then, you know. you know, all you can do is the best you can do, and to, to really, um, the way I see it, you know, if I'm, um, one, one way that I, I find helpful in, in my daily life, in keeping practice, is uh, making it like a game it's again that spirit of that childlike wonder where i'm i'm not i'm not failing it's not oh god i blew my practice today and i you know lost it with so and so or you know i'm i'm so impatient it's like oh i'm kind of watching myself lose it you know or maybe after I lose it, I see that I've lost it while I'm in the middle of... Sometimes you're aware of while you're in the middle, but often after the fact. And it's like um, uh, letting myself can, uh, come back to fresh start, You know, pressing the clear button on the calculator. It doesn't matter how complex the numbers get, even past the E. You press that clear button, <laughs> <laughs> ah, fresh start. So for me, that's a very helpful attitude. When I uh, lead retreats I I often have a reminder in the the middle of the meditation the first day or two like two-thirds of the way through the meditation, start the meditation right now. It's always the first start. Then I'm not carrying around all the ways I've blown it that day (laughs) or the last two weeks Always fresh start and seeing um, what I can learn and making it like a game. And, and as I just said, holding it with great compassion. Because every time I blow it, I, I, you can either put yourself one step further down, oh, I blew it again, or it can be a, a real springboard for compassion so that when you see everybody around you, or anybody around you blow it, there's a kind of humility that keeps developing that I think is a, is a very important attitude as we go through our life. Humility, humility is, I think, the doorway to confidence. That Uh, Because humility, there's a kind of innocence and a, and a, um, um, mm, um, a, a surrender that we've got it figured out that can allow the Dharma to move through us. And that's where the confidence is, that I can trust that when I'm clear enough, the awareness can meet the moment. But that humility is a great gift, a doorway to compassion for everyone. And I just make my life like a game and do the best I can. And uh, more and more, um, let myself love the present moment. It's not so much, oh, I've got to stay in the present moment because that's what my practice is. It's more, the more and more, the more that you love being present for your life, then you're drawn to it out of, um, out of inspiration. Uh, slowing down makes a huge difference, and this is one I think that all of us in our culture you know, need to really take an honest look at. You, know, you, you can't get from point A to point B in less than humanly possible time, but we sometimes think we can. You know, And as I, uh, many years ago, I, I saw this uh, organizational consultant give a speech, not organizational, um, uh, like a decluttering expert, uh, um, organizing consultant, and she said, watch out for the word just, as in, oh, I'll just check my email before I go, you know? or I'll just do this errand before I do my main project, because we cram more in, and that that um, the cramming in contraction is what keeps us from being open and enjoying the present. And spaciousness is what allows that natural awareness to shine through. So that's something, and it's something I, I, you know, it's one of my big challenges, uh, uh, you know, in in my life. I give myself a little bit of space, and I'm, one of my main mottos is "behind is just a state of mind." And what, I'll I'll do what I do in the time that it does, and make it like a game, and be very humble, and keep on learning. You know that I figure that's I'm doing my part. <laughs> so okay, why don't we um, stop here and. Um, Let's uh, have a walking period. You're probably ready to move your body. And, um, you know, if, you're, if you've done walking meditation on retreats here, uh, then you, you might be very familiar with the slow walking and lifting, moving, placing, and all. You can do that if you like. However, a whole other way that you can do it is to um, enjoy your walk and, uh, You can in-
1: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit DharmaSeed.org slash donate.